of the All the Books show recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning, and I want to thank you for doing a retake of the intro, because yeah. the first time out, yeah. I don't know what was going on. I was on. trying to do like a wacky... Like a goofy voice. Yeah, like yeah. a... It's the zoo crew kind of voice. Yeah, I didn't like yeah. it. I didn't like yeah. it. But here hey, we are. you listeners by the bay? Yeah, it was that kind of thing. Yeah. Here we are in episode 188. Yeah. Elizabeth Elo is not here. So no, not this week. if you thought this was an Elizabeth Elo podcast... It's not, back, but, yeah. but you can listen to the two episodes where we interview her. Two episodes like with her, and, and then I talk it. about her books quite a lot. Yeah, so, and I got a new one to read, so yeah, so forget about it. Yeah, all right. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> all right. Uh, week yeah. start. Here week we are. Start. I'm gonna no. say no, no, no. no. Okay. I feel good. I no. feel energized. I feel all energized. Right. We'll get there. And today we are going to be talking about some sexy new books, folks. And what that means yeah. is. Uh, we see a lot of books coming in here. You know, we're ordering a lot of books. We're seeing them come in. We're anticipating new books. They finally hit the shelves. And there's a couple that we are excited about that we want to share with you. See if you want to read listener. them. See if we want to read them. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's a real curveball. I think this I, looks great, and I start reading it. Yeah. And I think, well, that's bad. That's a not. A you great. can you can correct me. I would love to. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. But I feel like in the past, on average, I tend to be more positive about the sexy new books I bring than you end up being about the books you bring. Yeah. As, and you about the books I bring. <laughs> so maybe Fair. that's where the average is. Fair. Because I, I usually am like, yeah, these are okay, the ones I bring. Yeah. But then, so I have three books I kind of like. Yeah. But then you have six books you kind of don't like. <laughs> so. Look, I think yeah. that's too much. All right. Yeah. All right. No, but we've, you've, we found some good stuff. We have. Yeah. I've read some of them. You've read, I've read some, some of them. Yeah. Others. Have read some of them. We're presuming. Yeah. <laughs> have read others. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So today, anyway, we're going to talk about sexy new books a little later. Let's dive in with what we've been reading. Open the old bookmark. All right. Do we have Wait. do we have bookmark music yet? Are we we're diving in we're di- into the bookmark. Diving in. We're in. opening the bookmark and we're diving, diving in. Diving in. Okay. Yeah. All you right. got it. You got it. So just put that if somebody could auto tune that and put like a slow jam behind yeah. what Eric just said, yeah. we would really appreciate that. Um all right. So you want you want a bookmark s- music cuz Ben Ben Lehman never gave us any. No, he didn't. Yeah. No, he right. didn't. So. Yep. So we need to hey, we need to just solicit it. Hey, Rick. What have you been reading? You're going to share it. I'm not going to hey, lie to you. Guys. I thought the second thing you said was hey, Rick, and I didn't know like <laughs> if maybe like Rick Dodd from the maintenance crew is going to join us on the podcast, yeah. which I I'd be all for. All right, sure. All right. Uh bookmark. So, um let me tell you what I've been reading. Do you like that? Or you want to go first? Oh. You doing great? Uh, no, uh, sorry. I just realized on the title card I wrote "sexy news books." Huh? So, so they're just all about the news. Yeah, it's it's books. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, books books du jour. Tell, tell Let's start with your bookmark. Let me hear what you got. Yeah, I just got it. All right. Uh, what have I been reading? I would love to know. You you've been on a novel drought. Uh, fingers crossed. I'm I'm rooting for you. Hey, you can't say that. What do you got? You can't say that. What? Uh, all yes, right. I so can. what have I finished book wise? I finished. Um, uh, I almost said uh, Adolf Huxley, but that's not right. Isaac Asimov's mm. uh, The Caves of Steel. Yes. Um, so usually you, you want to find a good diamond in the rough yeah. uh, throughout the city. Usually you should be looking for like a street sure. urchin, a street yeah. rat kind of uh, person. Yeah, a street rat. Uh, any kind of pet, it shows that he's a little ultra-realistic. He's not yeah. just thinking about himself. Right. You send him into The Caves of Steel. Yeah. He'll he'll bring you back what you most desire, and mm-hmm. then you give him mm-hmm. his r- reward. His, his eternal his reward. Eternal <laughs> okay. reward. All right, uh, that's misleading because the plot of Caves of Steel <laughs> has nothing to do with Aladdin, <laughs> and has everything to do with grown men talking to each other. That's, huh. <laughs> yeah. So, so it is different. Than, yeah, it's a little. It's a little uh, different. It's a little different. Uh, yeah, I read Caves of Steel. Nick read Caves of Steel. I also listened to a fun audio drama. Yeah. Of Caves of Steel. Did you from like the, the drama 70s. more than the book? Uh, it was about the same. Oh, okay. The, dra- the audio drama moved a little quicker, obviously. It yeah. condensed the story some in, in good ways, I thought. Goodreads doesn't let you give half stars, but yeah. if it did, I would have given this 3.5 stars mm. because for a little bit, I was like, oh, this is a four-star book, Yeah, and then it wasn't. So this is the first of Isaac Asimov's robot books, in case yeah. you're curious. We're doing this for the uh, for our Page Turner Sci-Fi Book Club. That's uh, the first pick. I After this, we're doing it. Andy Weir's Artemis. I'm looking forward yeah. to that, despite the mixed reviews. Yeah. But Caves of Seals, the first robot book. Yeah, um, it's a detective story. I think, if, yeah, if I were going to like boil it down to a sentence or two, I would probably say, cool ideas, poor execution. Uh, I had said interesting... What did I say? I said like interesting story or... Yeah, interesting story, but like it's a poor detective story. Well, I think it's just, I, I mean, s- you, you've made the point in the past that, you, you know, there's, there's a word count to consider yes. it. And I feel like what we really read was a novella yeah. that was spread Straight out, out yeah. to be, because it's just not I, enough to keep it going. I, I don't read mysteries, uh-huh. but 
and I don't know if this was the intent, but like I, I knew who did it, mm-hmm. like from the very beginning, mm-hmm. like the first chapter. Yeah, and I'm not saying that makes me like a detective or anything, but I just that's how that's what I think. Well, the mystery story was. Yeah, deployed. I think I, he's a good sci-fi writer. And he wanted to show people sci-fi could be other genres, but maybe he should have co-written with I, a detective. I really writer. think the the problem with the, with the mystery element of mm-hmm. it <coughs> is that. <clears throat> uh oh, sorry. He wasn't he wasn't very deft about putting the clues in. Mm. So like, there's one character who has a really unique feature about him. Mm-hmm. Here is that feature. Yeah. Here's what the feature is. The other and thing so then is, it's like, okay, if so we'll pay attention to that guy. If you're doing this on a however long basis, if you're doing this like every month, yeah, uh, you're probably going to have to like hint at the actual killer every month. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So you have to like remind people the yeah. clues, and if like something's just already pretty obvious, and you're reading it all in one, it's yeah, gonna, yeah. Uh, but I liked. Uh, I still liked a lot of stuff. It's it's interesting reading stuff like this. I had the same thing reading. Um, the demolished man i think i got that title right uh it's just like is this asimov no this uh, demolished man is alfred bester oh okay um different different books uh are older sci-fi books where maybe the sci-fi isn't as exciting but it's a type of sci-fi that's like its own genre now Mm -hmm. like 50 sci-fi basically um but like the core of the books are still interesting like the drama and everything is still like well told but like as a sci-fi book now, it, it kind of yeah, it's its own D- thing. Doesn't quite yep. yeah, um, but yeah, I still I still enjoyed it. I um, I liked it. it's probably my favorite As- Asimov book I've read. Yeah, so I've far. read a collection called Bicentennial Man that oh, short yeah. stories, and I thought that was yeah. that was really strong. Yeah, I've read the first three Foundation books. Wow, and I Robot the collection. Uh huh. And yeah, so this and is this was the, the best. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I liked it. I it I. Because the movie iRobot isn't really an adaptation of the iRobot collection. Right. It feels a lot more like a. I agree. Uh, an adaptation of this book. Yeah, Cave I think a lot of was borrowed from. Cave so of if Steel, somebody absolutely. was like, "Hey, I saw iRobot. It was an Isaac Asimov book. I should read. I'd yeah. probably give him this then first. Caves of Steel. Yeah, it makes um, sense. And yeah, I think I think what's good about Caves of Steel, and I shouldn't say too much uh, because we're doing the book club right. soon today. But what I think is good about Caves of Steel is the central premise of a human detective being partnered with a robot detective is just, it's strong. Yeah, it's good. And it's like, it's, didn't they just do something like that on a Fox like a few years ago? Yeah. Uh, human to human, almost human yeah. or something. I don't remember what it was, um, but yeah. But I think that concept is strong enough yeah. that like... That, that's what I mean. That like so yeah. so many of the principles and the things that, like yeah. the ingredients to make the book are so strong. Yeah. And then it's just the execution yeah. that lets it down a little bit. Yeah. It's it's always rough too reading something, a sci-fi book from the 40s or 50s where they're like, this is science. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to your hats. I got some yeah. news for you. <laughs> a rotary phone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Even just like this, like science of like, this is how much food a person needs or this is yeah. how far... So it's like that's no, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do? It's it is crazy sometimes reading something like this where they're like space travel and all this and like their concept of space was still the sky, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, it's it's interesting. Like oh wait, we haven't landed on the moon yet. Right. We haven't put anybody in orbit. Mm-hmm. So like, you always have to kind of like oh yeah, we still yeah no idea yeah there's no idea what's gonna be like yeah. Um, all right, so that's that's the novel I read. Oh, I read. I started. No, wait. I'm talking about what I finished. Um, I've read Mister Miracle by Tom King. This is a 12 issue graphic novel of the character Mister Miracle. Oh right, yeah. This is making. Uh, there's a lot of buzz on this. A lot of buzz. Uh, the art is very uh, specific. It's very stylized. Um, it uses like the traditional kind of uh, maybe like 12 boxes right. per page, yeah. so very square yeah. um, uh, box layout and everything for the art, and it's it's interesting, and I s- kind of see what he's going for, but I've said this with the Batman series, Tom King is a weird slightly amateurish writer who's gotten a lot of praise and it's kind of... If I, you're looking to me to yeah, say something no, positive, guess, I'm not going to. I guess people like the ambition in the concepts and the ideas, but when you actually sit down and read his dialogue, it's it's rough stuff. There's a scene, yeah. there's an issue where Mr. Miracle and his wife, Big Barda, are going to uh, in, are invading Apocalypse, the their planet of Darkseid, which is just nonsense to some people, but whatever. Um, 
and they're talking about remodeling their house, and it's all boiling down to Big Barter telling him that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. But like the whole conversation is just—it's very repetitive. Yeah. He's like, "We take we take apart the closet." He's like, "But I like the closet." Well, we got to remove the closet. But where's my closet? Well, we're gonna give you a new closet in a different space. But well, I like the closet. We're gonna move the closet, and it's just—it goes on like that, and you can kind of see he's trying to do that, like, uh, you know that that balance of like, look, they're talking about the mundane while dealing with something ridiculous, but it just, it doesn't work the way yeah. he wants. Well, it's not like, funny or interesting in the way. And after a while, it's like, oh gosh, stop talking about this. Well, he wrote a lot of the Grayson yeah. collection, the Dick Grayson story. It's the same kind of thing. It's yeah. like, well, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about the Asimov book. Yeah. It's like the, the concept, the ideas yeah. are good, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you're the right person to take yeah. it home. Yeah. The, the idea of basically Mr. Miracle is that he... He's an escape artist. He's the only person to ever have escaped Darkseid's hell pits. Um, and But on Earth, he's just trying to live his life with his wife, Big Barda, but he deals with depression. And uh, it opens with him having trying to commit suicide um, and being rushed to the hospital and everything. And so it deals with like him dealing with that depression and just dealing with life. But it never, it never really connects mm. like after, there were some moments where i'm like yes that is what l- having depression is like yeah but it never it never seems to go anywhere yeah. it's almost like he's saying yeah you have a kid that will help you solve your depression if your devil father asked for the kid to stop a war don't give it to him mm. so like it's just it's just he, that sounds a little superficial then about yeah with yeah it. it that's the thing it's it's dealing with stuff but it's su- it, i mean the same thing with the batman stuff yeah. it's all it's comes across superficial okay uh but again this has maybe uh other people will I'd, I'd be interested to give this to somebody who doesn't care about comic mm-hmm. books because i wonder because this thing has won so many awards yeah it's gotten so much praise if i gave this to somebody who doesn't know about comics would they be like, oh, this is yeah. this is fun? Well, they have the chance because we have it here in yeah. our collection. Um, but yes, it has gotten a lot of awards, and uh, I think it won the Eisner. I think or it something. did. A lot of um, buzz. I, I can't tell if there's going to be like a sequel. It's very self-contained, and I thought it wasn't until I got to the end. I'm like, oh, this is like an alternative universe kind of thing. But I don't know. Anyway, I've been reading a lot of uh, back to more comic stuff. I've been reading a lot of X twenty three. Why are you laughing? I don't know. It's funny. I've been reading a lot of X-23. She's now the... Uh, I think I was laughing because you said back to comic stuff, but you've almost exclusively been talking about comic stuff. Hmm. X-23 right now is my like marathoning title, I okay. guess. The like I just did with G.I. Joe <laughs> for a while. Um, so I started reading... There, there was this book series. There was this comic series. That came out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Before you go on, after all that stuff you said about his weak writing, Mr. Miracle won the Eisner Award for best writing. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I don't know. I don't know what people are looking for. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. That's all right. I thought it was funny. Um, with my Marvel Unlimited app, there's a lot of stuff on there. And there's a series called NYX, which came out like in 2003, and it got a lot of buzz. But it also had was delayed. Mm. So like issue three yeah. has like six months between issue four. And then it's another six months. And so you can tell when you read that. I read that because that was the first comic appearance of X-23, Lara, who some people will probably only know from Logan. She's Wolverine's clone. Uh, NYX, I read. It's terrible. But then I read uh, her like first two miniseries by Chris Yost. I mean, Chris Yost? That sounds right. Uh-huh. He, who created her on the show X-Men Evolution and everything. Anyway, those miniseries were very good. And then she has a... Um, an ongoing series after that. It's good stuff. Um, I like the character. She talks in like complete sentences, kind of like data. Mm-hmm. She's like, I do not know what I have to do here. So she doesn't abbreviate things. I see. Because she's, she's been programmed to kill. And uh, she, it's nice because for those who don't know, Wolverine has a son in the comics who is like the worst. Mm. And I hate him. And I hate every time he shows up. Uh, but Lara is like an actual, and he, he's not really like a character. He's just like a bad guy. Uh, but Lara's a character. She's she's been programmed to kill and all this stuff, and she's still very far from ever being like normal, if mm-hmm. that's even possible. So it's just interesting reading about her trying to have a normal life while also still having adamantium claws. So, and you know, being super, she's way more trained to kill than Wolverine. Okay. So, and we do have some of her solo series here in the collection. So yeah, we have. Uh, check that out. Dur- after the death of Wolverine's storyline, she became the all-new Wolverine. Um, so we have that whole, uh, that whole run here. Um, the, her solo series, just X 23 is called, is interesting because the writer teams her up with Gambit 
Oh. And uh, Wright's a very... Wright's a good gambit, hmm. but at the same time, it's a gambit that's very, like, perfect. He's still, like, a cad mm-hmm. and sneaky right. and a thief and everything, but he's also just, like, somebody's, like, beautiful interpretation of gambit. Right. So, uh, if you're a gambit fan, you, you would you probably like this right. this X-23 series uh, because he's, yeah. But the pairing of them is interesting, especially because him and Wolverine tend not to really get along. Right. So, it's interesting that gambit's now, like, babysitting right, his right. clone kind of yeah um but yeah i've been enjoying that series there's some stuff to read uh i should edit all this out uh, i started <laughs> reading rogue probably protocol. yes please martha wells rogue protocol this is book three of the Murderbot diaries okay great you yeah. liking it so far yeah i'm not that far okay um we're interviewing yeah, we're going to be Martha talking to Martha Wells. Wells in a couple of weeks. Uh, so uh, that that will be fun. We're going to talk to her about the Murderbot Diaries, uh, you know, writing novellas versus novels mm-hmm. and, uh, and series and all that. So Yeah, we've got a few fun interviews uh, lined up for the next couple of weeks, yeah. so pay attention on that. Uh, I feel like I had kind of a light uh, I sh- I a saw light scheduled. Sh- I'll wait till you're done with yours and okay. we can talk about this. Uh, I feel like I had kind of a light uh, schedule this past week, but I did read uh, Shazam, The New Beginning from 1987. This is a four-volume like retelling of the Shazam story. Everybody has Shazam fever with the new movie coming out. So uh, this was so one of the times... Everybody I was, has Shazam fever. <laughs> this was one of the times that I was able to really use my DC Universe app to read something helpful. Hey. And I read Shazam, The New Beginnings by Roy Thomas, which I actually really liked. I yeah. thought it was a pretty good retelling of the yeah. novelization or the uh, of the um, origin. And uh, I, I would have followed that series, but I right. only only had the four. I feel like all I've read of Shazam is origin stuff. Yeah, yeah, I that's true. That there's there's a long, pretty long running series called Trial of Shazam, hmm. um, and I read that like the mini series that kicked it off years back, and I didn't really care for it, so I never followed it. Okay, but. so I read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a couple of Martha Wells things myself. I read The Future of Work Compulsory, which is the short story prequel to the Murderbot books. Oh, okay. I read All Systems Red, the first in the Murderbot series. So if oh, you're yeah. not familiar with these, Murderbot is basically, uh, would you say an android? Yeah. Who has self-control, but people don't know she has self-control. So she's kind of doing her own thing. Uh, she? You don't think it's a she? Oh. No, I... Th- I th- oh, interesting. Do you... I guess they never really say. I think they do. Do they? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I totally Maybe read they it. Don't. I totally read it as a she. Well, now we got to get huh. to the bottom of this. Yeah. And if we can't, we'll just ask Martha Wells in a All couple right. of weeks. Yeah. But anyway, um, so it's it's a cool story. It's a, it's an interesting take on some things you've seen before, but at a totally fresh angle. So I was impressed with it. I really like the. Uh, I thought the dialogue was witty and very crisp, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was not what I expected in a, in a good way. So I like that. Mm. And then for my little off the books book club with a my bit pals, Joss Whedon-y at times yeah but less precious i think than just Whedon <laughs> tends to be contamination by john vornhold a star trek next gen novel that i'm reading for a sci-fi book club outside of the library and it was good this was coincidentally another uh sci-fi murder mystery so i didn't really mean the to star read trek that one? many yeah it is it's just it's all on the ship there's just a murder and they have to figure it out i like this uh so i really liked it i like this vigilante like suit this guy's well, wearing. it's contamination. It's about like an infectious disease. Thing. Oh, okay. He's wearing like a... Anyway, uh, that was it for me. I enjoyed all of those. I'm currently reading uh, The Chef by James Patterson yeah. and Max Alala, which is pretty good. It's fun. It's all... That's what I mean. It's all like light stuff that I'm reading right now, but still, I like this. I've been enjoying it. <coughs> and then I also am currently reading Shazam. Showcase presents Shazam, which is all the... Uh, 70s when Shazam finally was like you were allowed to use that character again. This is the collection of the first, say, 30 or so issues. A lot written by Danny O'Neill. A lot written by Elliot S. Magan, who we're going to be talking to in the coming (sighs) weeks. So pretty excited about that. And this is a fun... um, It's a fun journey back for me because... When I was a kid, you know, it was always like the long boxes and flipping through the three for a dollar, three for a quarter bins. So I read a lot of like 80s Superman and Shazam. Mm -hmm. So it's very familiar to me and it's been fun to revisit. Uh, So that's it. These black and white, this collection? They are, yeah. Yep. Some of them I still have in the original, but... Uh, Nick and I saw an early, (coughs) two weeks early screening of Shazam. We did. Do you want to get into that now? Because I thought maybe we'd talk about in detail next week when we're doing a whole Shazam spot. Okay. Well, three stars. Three out of five stars for Hmm. me. Interesting. What'd you give it? (laughs) Two out of five? I didn't uh, enjoy it. I yeah. I didn't like it. I mean, there there were things that I liked about it, mm-hmm. and things that I wish they would have like. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing that you're doing. Why don't you expand on that? But no, let's mm-hmm. have 
ghost yeah. people bite people's it's, heads off. I'll say it's rough when your movie is strongest when you have an actor who actually can't be on screen for half the movie. Yeah. So uh, depending, I don't know, your mileage on Zachary Levy probably varies, but <laughs> I think the movie's better when he's on screen. But he Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. But okay. uh, it, I, think it's, um, the, I think it's the type of movie I want to watch. And then when it's just like the kids, I'm like, oh, geez. So I didn't love the kid who played Billy, but he was fine. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, so, yeah. We are going to have to talk about this yeah. more next week. So no, I'm curious, but. I, uh, I definitely think... That's that's a hit. I, well, it's kind of like if Big, if in Big he kept changing back to the kids, you'd be like, right. "All right, can we get back to yeah, Tom where's Hanks?" Tom Hanks? Yeah. So um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's rough, and it, I, it's a different problem than when it's like the Hulk. Yeah. Because you just want to see the Hulk. Right. I don't know. It's uh, that's what I kind of liked about the Ed Norton Hulk is that you got a lot of yeah, there, which I liked. But 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 we should unpack this next week when we talk Shazam. All right. All right. Let's do New York Times bestseller list. What's coming up? Welcome to the New York Times. Doesn't feel fast at all. Let's see what the times have done okay. for New York. Because we don't have a song Yeah, you're for right. that one. You're I right. thought you wanted songs. I do. I like it. Yeah. All right. New York Times bestsellers list uh, for hardcover fiction. Uh, not a lot of movement here. Uh, it seems like there used to be. And now there's nothing. Right. Now everything just stays the same. Like a like an old porch. <laughs> Man, that was stupid. You're stupid. That was so stupid. No, like an old porch. It just sits. Nobody ever paints it. It, uh, Well, you should. I mean, you should maintain your property. It's like, oh, that old porch. I'm going to work on it one of these days. This is a lost metaphor. (laughs) You're not going to be able to fix it. All right. Uh, Like the old porch. Okay. Can't fix it. You can. It's fine. I'm just not going to do it. Look, number 10 is The Border by Don Winslow. The third book in the Power of the Dog series. Art Keller fights to keep drugs out of the country, and it has taken a complicated turn. Okay. What's his name again? Art. <laughs> yeah. Art, you got to keep drugs out of the country. I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They're in the country. Yeah. In the what country. a complicated turn this yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> and my name's Art. Uh, look, you're giving me nothing today. I'm so don't, so don't be surprised. You're, that you're that giving I'm me so drowning. much. You're giving me so much. All right. I all want right. less. We number, all want less. Number tie, Number nine, The Island of the Sea Women. Oh, no, but just The Island of Sea Women, not uh, the sea The women. Sea Women. Yeah. Not specific, those yeah. sea women, just sea women. Just sea women in general. Yeah. This is on my list. I got to hold on it. This is the Barnes & Noble Book this Club by, pick. Get this. It's The Island of Sea Women. Uh-huh. It's by Lisa C. I, I mean... Yeah, they're spelled differently. Well, oh. I'm not going to tell you who's spelled S-E-E. It's you Lisa. have to find out Lisa for yourself? Lisa C is spelled S-E-E. Oh. Uh, their friendship over many decades of two female divers from the Korean islands of Jeju is pushed to a breaking point. Huh. Hmm. Huh. What? That's an interesting premise for a book. Yeah, it just doesn't sound Unusual. like a fun fantasy novel about like sea, sea women. women. Yeah. Sea women? No, yeah. I don't think it is. All right. I don't think it is. Uh, number nine is The Last Romantics by Tara Kong. Yeah, I like Conklin. this. Yeah. A family crisis tests the bonds and ideals of renowned poet and her siblings. This mm-hmm. is what you read. I did. This is the semi-future one. Yeah, well, the frame story is set in the future, and that's yeah. not really a part of it, yeah. but it's an interesting like layer. So there's never a part she's like, oh, sorry, I'm late. My flying car was out of petroleum. Uh, it is kind of like oh. that at times, <laughs> okay. yeah, but it's it doesn't really like, yeah. you know, yeah. it kind of leaves you to interpret why oh, that okay. is and how that affects like what you're reading that's largely in like our modern times, current okay. times, contemporary times. Um, all right. Well, number seven is the book you're reading, The Chef, yeah. by James Patterson with Max DeLeo. Yep. <laughs> Caleb Rooney, a police detective and celebrity food truck chef, must clear his name of murder allegations. Have you gotten to that yet? No. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. You, how long have you been reading this? I'm halfway through it. And he hasn't had to start clearing his well, name? Well, here's the thing. This, this is, it starts that he's involved in a shooting. And like, is there's like an inquest to find out if it was a justified right. homicide? But right. it seems like that's it is. But it's more about like meatball subs. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it's like the very first. It's like the epilogue. He quits the police force right. and is not in the police prologue. And he's just like, yeah, you're right. Thank you. Thank you. He's just, uh, you know, hanging out in his food truck, and it's fun. And then like the cop stuff comes in, and I'm like, can we just get back to the food talk truck. about the food truck? That's kind of what I want. Maybe you should watch the John Favreau film Chef. Maybe I should. Sophia Vergara. Maybe I should. And that's where everything is CGI except Mowgli? No. Oh. That's uh, The Lion King. Oh. <laughs> Jungle Book. I know what it is. It was Jungle Book. You yeah. didn't know. You got no. it wrong. 
I I picked the Lion King because there's no character called Mowgli in the Lion King. No, there's no people. I think, I think Do you think his Lion King, there's going to be people to show up? It's like, huh. Yeah. A lot of crazy things happening yeah. here. In Are Lands. those animals talking? <laughs> Who's singing in the background? Is that, <laughs> is that Elton John? You know, Hakuna Matata is not a word. <laughs> uh, number six. Actually, I think it's a traditional phrase, and Disney is trying to like copyright it for themselves. Really? Yeah. Well, they own everything else, so yeah, why not? Yeah, they're, they're the worst now. Yeah. And I'm putting that on record. Come, in, come and capture me, Disney. Absolutely. Go put me in your Disney jail, but yeah. I disagree with you. Yeah. Uh, Silent Night by Danielle Steele. Huh. Is now it's what I'm going Christmassy to. Christmassy title. Yeah, well, let's see if it's Christmassy. Disney's going to pull you into the Silent Night yeah. because of your dissension. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, after tragedy strikes. <laughs> Keep <child>? talking, Stretch. Oh, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> talking yourself into an early grave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You think you're going to be okay? I guess they're going to be like, well, he did respect Mickey's yeah, authority. Yeah, that's, that's true, yeah. <laughs> he understood that yeah. Mickey was to be beloved Yeah, and I feared. understand that Mickey's the enforcer. Yeah. <laughs> Get him, Goofy. <laughs> that All was right. Eric. I don't know. I just want to make sure <laughs> my solid impression was... Not, anyway, go ahead. Uh, Silent Night by Danielle Steele. After tragedy strikes, a child TV star loses her memory Holy and ability to speak. Night. Oh, right. This is one of the They Can't Speak books. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, there was a bunch of them on the yeah. bestseller list. Uh, it's more important if the book speaks to you. Hey, you know what? <laughs> You're right. I thought you were going to be like, that was stupid. No. Oh, no, I learned something today. Uh, number five, The Silent Patient, which is different than The Silent that's Night. The, but that's the other one where the person can't speak. Well, let's see. Theo Faber looks into the mystery of a famous painter who stops speaking after shooting her husband. Two. So, yeah. That's why it says one of the yeah. can't speak novels. Do you novels. think she's, she stops speaking or she just pleads the fifth? Hmm. So, did you shoot your husband? <laughs> did you shoot your husband? <laughs> Who shot your husband? <laughs> and she does that lip zipper thing, throws away <laughs> the key. Like, uh, They're like, oh, the defense rests. <laughs> Number four, Daisy Jones and the Six. Pew pew. This has gone down the list. Hey everyone, I tried. Taylor I Jenkins tried to Reed. get this author on the podcast and was not successful. Yeah, she's so probably busy. We'll try again later. Uh, a fictional. This is a great read, everyone. A fictional oral history charting the rise and fall of a 70s rock and roll band. So Nick's, yeah, Nick's telling you guys to read this, but nobody's doing it because it went down to number four. Hmm. So you guys read it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. All right. <laughs> number three, Greg Isles has a new book. Is it Isles? Yeah. Isles of Dawn. He's another one who's he's very popular here. Yeah. I picked up his books a couple of times and I've just never read one, mm. so... Maybe I got to do it. Well, maybe you should take it on a journey to Cemetery Road. I can't because I can't speak like anymore. Greg, I'm <laughs> just kidding. The journalist Marshall McEwen returns to his hometown, which is shaken by two deaths and an economy on the brink. Wow. Yeah. What if it's such a small town, those two deaths have just plunged the economy? Like, Some, oh, great. <laughs> somebody's out there repainting the sign. Population 174. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Mr. Haney from Green Acres. Yeah. He's doing it, so that's fine. <laughs> Number two is new this week. It's the only new book this week. Ooh. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> All right. Nick just turned into an old Disney Sorry. character from well. the 40s. Uh, the, from the Apple Dumpling Gang, Number maybe? Number two. <laughs> uh, Wolf Pack by C.J. Box. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. People love the CJ Box. I've only <laughs> I've only read one. Yeah. But. Uh, the Wyoming Game Wardens, that's Joe him. Pickett and <laughs> Caitlin Ham. He's got a little friend now? Yep. Caitlin Ham. Caitlin Ham. Ham. Ham with two M's. Who? Uh, Any relation to John Ham? Maybe. Who would have been my pick to play Captain Marvel? Because it's funnier when you have somebody who's like a serious person doing goofy things. When you have like what is the last serious role when John you have, Hamm I played? know. But when you have like a Zachary Levy where all he does is like, Woohoo, I tripped. It's not funny to have him just do that thing. It's a juxtaposition. But anyway, you were saying about John Hamm and CJ Box going on an adventure. Joe Pickett and Caitlin Hamm. Thank you. Take on killers working for the Sh- Sonola cartel. Okay. I am unfamiliar with this cartel. You don't. You, <laughs> normally, you're so up on the cartels, yeah, the active cartels, but yeah. this time you're not sure. All right, let's talk about. I want to talk about where uh, book number one on okay. this list in depth. I want to as well because uh, I don't think we've given it the attention it deserves. Now's the time. Where the Crawdads Sing by Dahlia Owens. A woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect, but she stays silent because Th- the murder suspect is her husband, I'm who shot her Mama. her dog. Yeah, in the dog was the artist. The dog was the artist. Who can't? He was one of the f- only famous art dogs. Huh? Yeah, a really? dog named Art. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, Art. 
That's yeah. a great name. All right. Yeah, I'd read a dog name art. Yeah, I would. That's actually a very good title, and I would like yeah. to copyright that. <laughs> uh, but Disney already got it. Darn ah. it. Darn it. House of Mouse. <laughs> you, you just cursed House of Mouse like it was a god in heaven. I don't Ooh. want that on tape. I, I did not curse the House of Mouse. <laughs> I did not. All right. Irony's a thin line, oh, bucko. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So where the crawdads sing, it's, it's popular. Yeah. It's enjoy. I'm enjoying. See, we know for them. where the crawdads sing. Yeah. I want to know what the crawdads sing at this. A point. lot of CCR. Okay. Yeah, a lot of CCR. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. I do. I see a bear mook. Shut up, crawdads. Yeah. Try to sleep. Yeah. Well, that's where they sing. So <laughs> sleep elsewhere <laughs> in a Disney resort. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think we need a little music to break this up. So hit okay. It. Here we go. No, we're we do. We talk about no, books. No, no. New and they're sexy. So Appreci- let's talk about a- them. Appreciated, but we do have an actual okay. theme this time. Oh, oh, sure. Sexy new book club. That's what I'm there talking about. Yeah. All right, That's so a little better. I I kind of gave you a preview at the start of this episode of what this segment's all about, but uh, Eric and I. Eric orders all the the young adult books. I order all yeah, the adult books. Though sometimes Mr. Big Shot over here decides to take a step into my pond and uh, see what it's like to get a few Star Trek books for the huh. young adult crowd. Hmm, maybe I did. <laughs> if there's one thing I know, uh-huh. teens love Star Trek. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. I feel like I had the to get one that Gary Gygax the book one time. You did, and I did <laughs> gladly for you. And usually, whenever you accidentally purchase something that is adult, I I gradually That's I true. take it there from are you a few books I with open arms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, I had something to say and now I lost it. It's <laughs> gone. You know, it was about Disney again. I order again. all the. It the was books. about it was about Disney again. Um, Star Trek. I feel like is the one franchise that if Disney bought it, I would be like, finally, someone's gonna do something with Star Trek. You want to see Disney Star Trek? I maybe. Hmm. Probably be less killing. I, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so we we purchased so many books, and I'm always I read them. And I'm like, oh, I want to read this book. This sounds so good. And then of course we can't read every single book. So the purpose of the sexy new book club is for us to be able to go through our collections, take a look at what we've got, explore it a little bit, and decide if it's going to be one that's going to go on our two read shelves, which right. are pretty full. If, I, if I'm being honest Very with you, full. if I'm being honest, would you like me to go Very first? Very full. Would you? Uh, yeah, you go first. Okay. All right. My first choice is The River by Peter Heller. And first of all, I got to tell you, uh, for the folks at home, it's a great cover. It's a good cover. Uh, you've, got, you've got a Navy background. You've got a canoe. You've got some loose paddles. And then you've got lots of like nice deep red, I guess, movement lines, like watery lines running through it. They kind of overlap. I see it as like title. flowers. You see it as flowers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I all just right. thought I'd share that. Whatever. Okay. Talk about all Peter right. Heller. I will talk about Peter Heller. So I haven't Let heard me- of this. Okay. From the best-selling author of The Dog Stars. Dogs. An artist, maybe? Like yeah. a dog artist? Yeah. A dog name art? Yeah. <laughs> From the best-selling author of A Dog Name Art. The st- no, I'm yeah. just kidding. The Dog Stars, the story of two college friends on a wilderness canoe trip, oh. a gripping novel of a friendship tested by fire, white water, and violence. Is this just a dramatic retelling of Without a Paddle, starring Seth Green? Yeah. Dak Shepard? Yeah. And I don't know if Dak Shepard appreciates that secondary billing like that, but... Well, he's definitely... he's. Not in the middle. You don't think? I think Seth Green was like front and yeah, center of at that, that time. Yeah, at that time, so. Seth Green. I don't think anybody in there was a big name star. No. I mean, Matthew Lillard was your trifecta there. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, can uh, we get Lillard? Yes. Part of me thinks uh, Andy Dick was in it. Ooh. I saw, I saw the movie in theaters. Yikes. So. The only thing Andy Dick's ever been good in <laughs> is news, news radio. radio. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. Here is your synopsis, ladies and gentlemen. No. Dude, where's my car? He's pretty funny that time. I've never seen it. All right. <laughs> Synopsis for The River by Peter Should Heller. Should we start a Dude, Where's My Car rewatch Absolutely podcast? not. There's only one. <laughs> Wynn and Jack have been best friends since freshman orientation, bonded by their shared love of mountains, books, and fishings. I would not be friends how with does these that, people. How does that start? I would not You're be. just sitting there and people are like, all right, everybody, you're going to want to make sure you register for your classes early. Hey, I like mountains. <laughs> I'm going to continue this. Okay. Wynn is a gentle giant, a Vermont kid never happier than when his feet are in the water. Jack is more rugged. Raised on a ranch in Colorado where sleeping under the stars and cooking on a fire came as naturally to him as breathing. <laughs> Boy, I, yeah. would not, I would not be yeah. the deck shepherd to these two yeah. guys. These, Let me tell you what. Are, uh, these guys are wreck majors. Yes, they are. <laughs> When they decide to canoe the Mosca River in northern Canada, they anticipate long days of leisurely paddling and picking blueberries. 
Okay. And nights of stargazing and reading paperback westerns. I could do that. I could read a Louis L'Amour. So they're just gonna go. Is it gonna on fill a trip up? They're together. gonna fill up on. <laughs> they're gonna fill up on blueberries. Yeah, that's a super. Lay under trip. the stars with your best friend. And read Louis L'Amour Separately novels. Separately read western M- novels. Maybe a Zane Gray, but I would. I don't. I don't. Do you recommend. think one of them is reading the book out loud, or they're both reading different western? I novels? I think separate. I think separate. Okay. But a wildfire making its way across the forest adds unexpected urgency to the journey. When they hear a man and woman arguing on the fog-shrouded riverbank and decide to warn them about the fire, their search for the pair turns up nothing and no one. Uh-oh. But the next day, a man appears on the river, paddling alone. Is this the man they heard? And if he is, where's a woman? She's where the crawdads sing. Uh, from this charged beginning, well, master storyteller well, Peter Heller unspools <laughs> a headlong, heart-pounding tale of desperate wilderness survival. So, is this like a wilderness version of uh, Rear Window? Uh, maybe. I gotta tell a you, can- the Rear Canoe. Maybe. I gotta tell you, whatever. Whatever synopsis I read when ordering this book was better than the synopsis I just read now, because right. this sounds more like a commercial for like jeans. Yeah. than a novel that I would want to yeah. read. There is a map at the beginning. Sporting Good presents. There is a map at the beginning, and there's a place called Blueberries Lake. So I guess that's why they're always picking the... Oh, there's... Blueberries, oh. plural, lake? Blueberries, plural, I guess I would lake. just call it Blueberry Lake. I would too, but... Or I also just would just call it a different name that would attract more people to come I to that lake. I agree with you. I agree with you. The River. All right, here's your prologue, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm a prologue. Read, I'm a prologue? You don't want me to read it? Unless this prologue is them on registration day at college. I don't know what it's going to do. Oh, boy. Okay, chapter one. What's wrong? I'm nothing. See, this is what I mean, that I'm usually more positive than this grumpy Gus. Hey, okay. grumpy bear. All right, all right. But I think objectively, <laughs> this is a terrible first Look, line. Yes, neither one of us want to hang out with these two I know. guys. I know, I'm just saying, I think the first line of this oh. is terrible. All right, okay? let's try this out. The two of them loved paddling in storm. <laughs> I, I, I feel d- like I, I want to turn into Marge Simpson, like, yeah. <laughs> I I don't okay. With the spray deck sealing the canoe, they felt safe as long as they did not broach sideways, and they stuck out away from the shadows and sounds of shore. Is this written in second person personal? I, it it feels it view feels like style? it was written in Japanese and then just like translated verbatim by Siri. <laughs> the two of them loved paddling in storm. Hmm. I, I don't okay. <laughs> Look, okay. maybe that's actually a very maybe that's how it's yeah, supposed to be written. That's lake talk. That's lake talk. <laughs> Uh, the compass heading was redundant as long as they kept the breaking waves on the port quarter. They could take heavy water, but a capsize away from land would kill them. So they were very careful to power through the white caps at an angle. They both paddled on their knees to keep the center of gravity low. It was exhausting, and it sure is. Uh, then the wind died all at once as if throttled, and in less than half an hour, the lake glassed off and they felt suspended in fog. They moved within a moving nimbus in which only a few yards of a black water nimbus? were visible oh, in any direction, and the pale fog drifted in tatters like stubborn smoke. The water whispered along the hull, and it had a silver sheen that reminded Wynn of rayon. All of it was dreamlike. He thought of a Poe novel. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he had read in which the castaways are pulled towards the South Pole, and the current they are riding gets warmer and calmer as they go. Read more whisper? No. Oh. I will not read any more of this. I, I, do, I, you know, okay. To be fair. Sometimes uh, you dislike something so much at the very start. Yeah. Sometimes I want to read it and then just love it. I, you know what? I would love that. I would love that. Because <laughs> I, I, I think, look, uh-huh. the, the premise is not for me. Mm. This is not a story that I would gravitate towards. But they're just too boot wearing I know, bros but they're so, that's the canoeing. <laughs> like just going out and like yeah. all right hey we're gonna go on a canoe ride but mm-hmm. the, these guys want you to know that they are bros yeah. so you know what i like i like being bros. unplugged yeah i don't like it and in a canoe i don't like it but it could just be personal preference yeah i don't think that writing was strong yeah. i think it was awkward and i think it was choppy much like the river blueberries lake uh, not for me but maybe maybe for you Ooh, you know where i like so, to go blueberries lake the cereal? A lake full of blueberry cereal. The problem with that is, though, it's seasonal. You can only go there in yeah, October. And you don't want to go to the lake in October. That's insane. Well, what if it's like in Southern California? Well, then it would be fine. Okay. The River by Peter Heller, ladies and gentlemen. All right, what do you got? So you're saying it's a Heller no. If this w- Yes. If this was Family Feud, you'd see a red X over this right now. Oh, nice. Okay. There are six books. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so I'm... S- circle? I. That's not how Family Feud works, but it's, it's fine. Who's go Circle ahead. gets the square? 
that's like tic-tac-toe you would do that or <laughs> oh circle get oh that you're talking about hollywood squares that's what i'm yeah. thinking yeah. all right if this was hollywood squares yeah then paul lind would be in the bottom being like i don't want to read that peter heller book <laughs> boy for the three people who get that you're welcome all right go ahead congratulations yeah all right i got a book called mike mike it sounds so- sorry <laughs> go ahead <laughs> who, who is this guy again Paul Lind from uh, like Bewitched or Oh okay. Bye Bye Birdie, you know. <laughs> okay. No. All right. Uh Mike. The book is Mike. Sammy. Mike is just a uh, big red uh clear font. It just says Mike at the top. Okay. Let me uh, let me tell you my problem with this right from the start. It just looks like Michael Sarah from Juno. Hmm. And All it's right. called Mike. So there's a character that goes. He, he's facing the other direction. So yeah. you're only seeing him from the back, and he does kind of look like the back of Michael Sarah from Juno. Juno from the film Juno. Um, Great r- film. If red, you seen it. red tennis shorts, a yellow headband. Right next to him is a little baggie with a goldfish in it. That's cute. But and that, it's a blue background. There's a ticking clock on that, guys. You got to get that fish out of that water. That's that's true. But you also want to make sure that the water you put him in has some of the water he was just in. And you don't want to have a big temperature change. That, that's well. also true, yeah. So uh, so Mike is by Andrew Norris. Uh, oh, if you turn to it, look at this. He's in like a petticoat. There he is, back so, again. Well, yeah. now he looks like Doctor Who. Dang, this poor kid. I know. All right. Uh, Floyd is a teenage tennis prodigy. Ooh. Since he was all... Does he want to go camping with some bros on Blueberries Lake? Are they into tennis? I don't think so. Yeah. Since he was little, all he's ever known is the routine of training, of matches, of working hard to rise to the top. But something strange is happening. Floyd is being followed by a boy named Mike, a boy whom no one else can see. And Mike will go to all lengths to make himself heard. Floyd will discover that finding out what Mike wants will change the course of his entire life. A thought-provoking journey of self-discovery, Mike examines what it means to break free and find your own path, even if it means throwing away the plans of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. He so wants to I, break free. I try. I skipped ahead a little, spoiled the book for myself he and everything. He wants to break free. Um... And I, I think it's about him not wanting to be a tennis prodigy anymore. <coughs> so, okay. Anyway, that might be a bit of a spoiler, but anyway. Chapter one, Floyd bounced the ball on the ground three times, held it to his racket for a moment, and then threw it in the air in a move he had practiced at least 100 times a day for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. His body lifted onto his toes. He swung the racket back up and slammed the ball toward the far side of the court. As he did so, a movement to his right caught his eye. It was only a momentary distraction, but it meant the ball was half an inch lower in the air when the racket struck it, and instead of skimming across over the top of the net, it grazed the canvas webbing and deflected fractionally upward before landing back into the court. Net! Called the umpire. First service. I assume that's a tennis thing. I think it is. I think it is. Okay. Uh... Floyd took a second ball from the clip around his waist and glanced up to the spectators. What he saw didn't entirely surprise him. It was Mike, of course. Mm -hmm. He was walking along the top row of the uh, tiered seating, his ankle-length black coat billowing behind him in the breeze, and then he turned and began moving down the steps. Spectators are not supposed to walk around in the stands while a game is in progress. Once a match has started, they stay in their seats and don't move because moving will distract the players. Bouncing the ball a few times, Floyd decided to wait. Presumably, Mike wanted to sit in one of the rows lower down, where he would be closer to the action. There was no point trying to continue a game until he was seated. Mike walked away. Mike, yeah. Mike walked all the way down the steps, but to Floyd's surprise, instead of finding himself a seat, he opened the gate in the barrier and surrounded the court and walked over the umpire's chair. When you're ready, Mr. Beresford, called the umpire. Clearly, he hadn't noticed Mike, who was now standing a little behind him and beneath him. Floyd pointed with his racket. You've got a visitor, he said. The umpire frowned. Is something wrong, Mr. Brasford? Yes, said Floyd, still pointing at Mike. Him. The umpire's frown deepened and he glanced down at Mike before looking back at Floyd. I... I don't quite understand. Well, I can't play while he's on the court, can I? Floyd wondered why the umpire was being so slow. Could you ask him to leave, please? So this is the beginning mm-hmm. of uh, of Mike. I wouldn't say that it... I don't find it super gripping. Uh-huh. It feels a little young. You know what I mean? Well, like this he, is a young well, adult Well, I know, I know, I know it is, but it feels a little bit more like on a J level, don't you think? Uh, I don't know. I guess it depends on what happens. Yeah. Like, if he's ever like, Mike, you son of a B. Yeah. I'm going to... You in the Whoa. face if you don't get the wow. out of my court. Wow. wow. So wow. Then it's a young adult book. Wow. <laughs> when Disney buys this podcast, you're not even gonna be able to do that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. So anyway, you are. Right, so are you in? Uh, am I in? Do I you, don't know. Do you like Mike? I like quirky books. Yeah. Uh, kind of like this in the. I tend to like quirkier books, quirkier like character study books, rather than like big YA fantasies that last for 800 pages mm-hmm. or whatnot. But mm-hmm. I don't know. 
maybe. I think, whereas I was instantly turned off by the river, mm-hmm. this one didn't grab me, but I also yeah. didn't make me want to grab it and throw yeah. it. I guess I thought maybe uh, this this invisible character bugging his life would have already been established. Right. But I guess not. I mean, I mean it's like not kind a of a drop dead Fred situation. Sure. Yeah. Is that the Whoopi Goldberg movie? Is it? No, I don't think Whoopi Goldberg's in that. Are you sure? No. Oh, that's Renona Ryder. Yes. Okay. Uh, two twenty nine. That's how many pages are here. Yeah. So, could pound that out. I don't. I don't know. Not for me. Okay. Not for Nick. Hey, All what right. a surprise. Sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, given the two, I would read Mike <laughs> long before I would read that. Okay. The next one. Um, I like. It's tiny. I like it. It's small. It's a small hardcover. It's by Michael Imperioli, uh, who is an actor who you pro- probably like safe money would be to say the Sopranos. Cause that's like his claim to fame. I have liked him in all of his failed shows, including the American version of life on Mars, uh, Detroit one eight seven. And most recently Alex Inc, which is based on the startup podcast, which I'm a fan of. Oh, so Michael Imperioli, uh, it's called the perfume burned his eyes and it has a cover blurb from friend of the library, Joyce Carol Oates. <gasps> where she says it is vividly imagined. And if anybody knows vivid imagination, it's Joyce Carol Oates. Uh, She says, vividly imagined, compelling, and sympathetic. The perfume burned his eyes convinces with the force of its emotional intensity. If anyone knows emotional intensity... It's Joyce Carol Oates? Yes, it is. Matthew's a 16-year-old living in... Wait, you gotta describe the cover. It looks like a... uh... You've got you've got a teenage kid. Looks like yeah. he's at a beach. Looks like perfume has just yeah. burned his eyes. Yeah, I gotta be honest. This kind of reminds me of black uh, and white picture. Some black and white Italian foreign films from the uh, '60s that I've watched. You're absolutely right. I so, see what you mean. Yeah. Even just the font and everything yeah. looks like. Yep. Matthew's a 16 year old living in Jackson Heights, Queens, in 1976. What was the author again? Michael Imperioli. Is he Italian? I I think probably. I Sounds wonder like if it. that's like. All right, go on. You, well, they they say often like debut novels are pretty autobiographical but after he loses his two most important male role models his father and grandfather his mother uses her inheritance to uproot matthew and herself to a posh apartment building in manhattan although only three miles away from his boyhood home the city is a completely new and strange world to matthew matthew soon befriends and becomes a factorum of sorts a factotum factotum a factotum okay of sorts to lou reed who lives with his transgender girlfriend rachel in the same building the artistic shamic rocker eventually becomes an unorthodox father figure to Matthew who finds himself head over heels for the mysterious Veronica, a wise beyond her years girl he meets at his new school. Written from the point of view of Matthew at age 18, two years after the story begins, the novel concludes with an epilogue in the year 2013, three days after Lou Reed's death with Matthew in his 50s. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I think it sounds fun. I like a good coming of age story. One. On this, the 24th of July in the year 1977, in the borough of Manhattan of the state of New York, being of sound mind and body, I... This was originally meant to be a last will and testament type of thing. Maybe it still will be at some point. I don't know. Right (laughs) now, I just want to get as much as I can down on paper. I have been praised for this effort and told that it may bring me some clarity. I was not aware I lacked clarity or that the events described here were unclear, but that's what I've been told by people who are supposed to know about such things. I've also been informed that this is a very difficult time in one's life, and it's not uncommon for folks my age to find themselves in similar situations. This brings me no comfort, and I feel it is important for me to state that for the record, even if the record is a shitty little 99-cent notebook. Well, there goes our explicit rating. <laughs> it, snuck Thanks, up on me. it snuck up on me. With this in mind, I would like to start at the most logical beginning. Although to be technical, dear sirs or madams, my birth would be the most formal or official beginning, and even further we would trace things back to my parents, how they met, their courtship and marriage, my conception, but I will spare you all those gory details and jump to the years when stuff started to happen and people died, and life as I knew it altered itself beyond recognition. My parents split up a few days after the new year began, so my dad hit the road in his brown 72 Chrysler Newport. He had three garbage bags of clothes in the trunk and not much else. What year was that car? 72 Chrysler Newport. I would never see him again. In June, the day after I finished my sophomore year of high school, we found out he was dead. Legend has it that he checked out of an L.A. freeway pileup that may or may not have been his fault. The facts of the terrible accident were never completely explained to me, but in my gut, I know it was him. He was a reckless man who always let his emotions get the best of him and denied himself nothing, driving at speeds over 110 miles an hour, chasing down someone who dared to cut him off. I don't know. I'm liking it. All right. Are you liking it? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, not not doing much for you. 
I don't know. I think it sounds cool. Yeah. It's, uh, let's see, 253 pages. Oh. It's a compact little number. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'll read this. Nice. I think Look I can pop through this quickly. Yeah. I like it. It looks good. All right. There you I, go. really, I really like this size. Yeah. It's doing a lot for me. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. But. Gets the square. Okay. What's next for you, my friend? Because I'm circle. Hey, if you want to know, I stopped abruptly because there kept being swearing. <laughs> No, I'm just saying. It's not my fault. That's what happened. I brought Dear Evan Hansen. Interesting. You're, uh, so there you go. This is Dear Evan Hansen, the novel uh, by Val Emmerich with Steve Levinson, Ben Pasek, and Justin Paul, creators of the hit show. Uh, I also just listened to this soundtrack today for the first time. Thoughts? It's fine. I know nothing about this except for I heard one of the numbers at the Macy's Day Parade maybe two years ago. Ra- waving through a window? I can't remember. Okay. Uh... No, the music's good. There's uh it's, it's <laughs> You have a little tell where your voice goes high when yeah. you're it's there's not a lot of like big exciting numbers because it's a lot well, more thoughtful. I think that's kind of a modern Broadway thing and too. Emotional. There's some songs in there I like. There's Waving Through a Window. It there's a lot of good stuff um in the songs, but I guess like if you were just gonna turn on the Dear Evan Hansen mm-hmm. soundtrack, mm-hmm. it's not the same thing as like, you know, listening to I don't know anything else okay uh, you know what i mean yeah anything else. it's not the same thing as putting on hamilton you're like oh i love this song like with dear evan hansen it's just gonna be like it's it's like listening to like a indie indie pop album i guess i think they would probably say thank you you're welcome uh dear evan hansen today is going to be an amazing day and here's why uh when the let oh and the cover is just the blue tree it's the same cover as the show and everything very we, dismissive we have were. the book we have the audiobook, and we just ordered the soundtrack as well. So, uh, but it's sold out. It's Shays. Is this supposed to be near in Buffalo? And like, yeah, yeah, coming May pretty soon or something. Pretty yeah. soon. Uh, when a letter that was never meant to be seen draws high school senior Evan Hansen into a family's grief over the loss of their son, Evan is given the chance of a lifetime to belong. He just has to pretend that his notoriously troubled Connor Murphy was his secret best friend. Suddenly, Evan isn't invisible anymore, and even the girl of his dreams, uh, even to the girl of his dreams. And Connor Murphy's parents have taken him in like he's their own, desperate to know more about their uh, anonymic sums from his closest friend. As Evan gets pulled deeper into the family's swirl of anger, regret, and confusion, he knows that what he's got to do can't be right, but if he's helping people, how wrong can it be? No longer incapacitated by anxiety or hiding from the disappointment in his mother's eyes, this new Evan has a purpose and confidence. Every day is amazing until everything is in danger of unraveling and he comes face to face with his greatest obstacle, himself. No. A simple lie leads to complicated truths and the big hearted story of grief, authenticity, and the struggle to belong in an age of instant connectivity and profound isolation. <coughs> At the end of that, it sounded like I was reading a, uh, a very sad letter to somebody. Um... What was I going to say? Uh, there's a song. The, the mom seems like a very important character. Okay. Because uh, they talked about the disappointing mother. But when you listen to the music, there's some really sad songs in there, like about the dad leaving and how like excited Evan was as a little kid to see like a truck. Hmm. But then the truck left with his dad. Mm, and then he asked if another truck was going to come by and take his mom away. It's a very, there's some very like sad songs in there. Um, but yeah, there's a great song called Sincerely Me or Sincerely From Me or something where... Uh, Evan and his friend are like coming up with the letters that they were like writing. It's that's pretty funny. So anyway, chapter one, dear Evan Hansen. That's how all my letters begin. First, the dear part, because that's what you write at the top of any letter. That's standard. Next comes the name of the person you're writing to. In this case, it's me. I'm writing to myself. So yeah, Evan Hansen. Evan is actually my middle name. My mom wanted me to be Evan. And my dad wanted me to be Mark, which is his name. My dad won the battle, according to my birth certificate, but my mom won the war. She has never called me anything other than Evan. As a result, neither has my dad. Spoiler alert, my parents are no longer together. I'm only Mark on my driver's license, which I never use, or when I'm filling out for job applications, or when it's the first day at school, like today. My new teachers will call out Mark during attendance, and I will have to ask each one to please call me by my middle name. Naturally, this will have to be done when everyone else has vacated the room. There are millions... There are a million and ten things from the subatomic to the cosmic that can rattle my nerves on a daily basis. And one of those things is my initial, M-E-H, like the word meh. Meh is basically a shoulder shrug. And that pretty much sums up the reaction I get from a society at large, as opposed to the surprise of oh, or the wow of ah, or the hesitation of ah, or the confusion of huh. Meh is pure indifference. Take it or leave it. Doesn't matter. No one cares. Mark Evan Hansen, meh. But I'd rather think of myself as eh. 
which is more like seeking approval, waiting for confirmation. Like, how about that Evan Hansen, eh? I like it. Okay. Uh, it's interesting because, I mean, it's a novelization of a musical. Right. So I imagine a lot of what maybe makes the musical so good is the music. Yeah. Uh, and then you take that out. It's not just, you know, taking a stage play. It's taking the musical. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess it's, it's a novelization. Yeah. You know how I feel about novelizations. You like novelizations, I love yes. Them. It's a pretty thick book, too. I love so it. They, they, they put some time in it. What's interesting to me is there isn't, during the chapter breaks, there's no like, play this song, mm. you know? To oh. like listen to the soundtrack, add right. this in or anything. Right. I guess I would have gone with that. Yeah. Um, or even have just put like the lyrics, like every chapter break had the lyrics yeah. of the song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, because that's that's not too uncommon to have like uh, almost like poetry breaks. Yeah, yeah, and things. So um, I'm trying to think of um, other like musical novelizations. Did Moulin Rouge or Chicago get us a, a book? You know, I know there's one for Bye Bye Birdie, right? There's a novelization, but I don't think that's very common. It doesn't seem common for like anything since 2000. Yeah, I probably just because there's, there's not a lot of like yeah. YA musicals. Yeah, so that's true. But I, I'm always up for a good novelization. Uh, you have but to revisit episode 136, <laughs> all the books, colon, the novelization, to yeah. learn of my love for them. But uh, I think it sounds interesting. Yeah. I'm sure it'll pick up some readers. Uh, I think what would stop me from reading this is I'm just going to be like, well, I'll just go see the musical yeah. whenever I, you know, right. if I can. I think that's probably more for like fans, like people who love the music but are never going to get a chance to see. Yes. You know? or, um, or people like you who liked Dark Knight Rises like and the then wanted to read like the novelization me. of The Dark Knight Rises. That's the thing I did and so I don't apologize. Do you think people are going to read Dear Evan Hasn't? It's like, oh, I can't believe they included the Joker. And then go and rewatch The Dark Knight Rises. No, I don't think it's... No, I, yeah, I don't, okay, I don't think go it's ahead. applicable. For my final book, I have chosen uh, an author that I have a love-hate relationship with and that is Dave Edgar Eggers. Dave Eggers, everyone. And the title is The Parade. So Love him, hate him, can't ever leave him. I read the book, uh, The Circle, and we did that for a book club here. Right. Watched the film with Tom Hanks. Both were bad. And Emma Watson? Emma Watson, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's Both the were bad. social network Google thing, Yeah, right? basically, it's like if, if the movie had been made in like 90, 2004 yeah. even, okay. you'd be like, whoa, that could actually happen. But yeah. now it's like, yeah, that's we're living in that society. Yeah. This is not a cautionary tale. This is a documentary. <laughs> so it, it didn't work. All right. I haven't read the book Hologram for the King, but the movie I loved. I thought it was great. Also starring Tom Hanks, weirdly enough. So yeah. Well, this, that's not. Isn't there another Dave Eggers movie that has Tom Hanks in it? Is there? I thought there was one. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you can look it up while I read. From the best-selling author of The Circle, The Monk of Mocha, which I I do want to read The Monk of Mocha. And what is it? What is the what? Comes a taut, suspenseful no, story of two visitors' roles in a nation's fragile peace. <clears throat> An unnamed country is leaving the darkness of decades at war, and to commemorate the armistice, the governor commis government commissions a new road connecting the two halves of the state. Two men, foreign contractors, are set to finish the highway. While one is flighty and incautious, the other, nicknamed the clock, wants only to do the work and go home. In this timeless parable, both men must eventually face the absurdities of their position and the dire consequences of their presence. I don't know anything about David Eggers. Does that sound like a David Eggers plot? Uh, I mean, I think you, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that plays. All right. Chapter one. In the morning's platinum light, as he raised his leaded head, he was lying on a plastic mattress in a converted shipping container below a tiny fan that circulated the room's tepid air. He washed himself with packaged towelettes and put on his uniform, a black jumpsuit of synthetic fiber. Under a quickly rising sun, he walked across the hotel's gravel courtyard to his partner's room. They had never met. He knocked on the corrugated steel door. There was no answer. He knocked louder. After some shuffling from within, Lysa man answered, naked but for a pair of white boxers. He had dark eyes, a cleft chin, and a wide mouth ringed with full, womanly lips. Hmm. A swirl of black hair rakishly obscured his left eye. Pick a number. Nine. Me? Oh. No. The man said at the door, smiling shyly. Okay. You know the company handles names. I don't know yours. You don't know mine. For the next two weeks, you're nine. Call me four. You're four? You will call me four. I'll call you nine. Got it? For reasons of security, the company insisted on simple pseudonyms, usually numerical. Got it, nine said, and swept his hair from his face and threw it back. Okay. Are you interested? Got any buy-in? Not necessarily. So I guess. they're just... Yeah. So I guess this is just going to be like a... I think this, this is like a political parable. Oh, all right. And I got that 
my brilliant deduction from reading the synopsis where it said <laughs> parable and government. Yeah. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think it's something that certainly could be interesting. Uh, he's he has very devoted fans, and it sounds like he's very good at from from what I've experienced of his work. He's very good at providing like an immersive atmosphere, mm-hmm. which is what something like this would need to thrive. So I don't know if this is one that I would pick up and read. I'm politics are upsetting me and making me tired at the moment, so I don't think I would read this. Right. But it sounds interesting, and I I I have confidence that Eggers would do a good job with that. All right. So all these are in the new book section. You got one more? Did you do? Yeah, your, I got one okay, more. Okay, do it. Take us home. On the Come Up by Angie Thomas. Oh, it's another big one. Uh, boy, how many pages is this one? Four hundred and forty pages. Anyways, this is her. Uh, this is Angie Thomas' second book, author of The Hate You Give. Uh, so this is her newest one. Uh, let's see what it's about. Let's read the synopsis. The cover. Do it. Uh, all black background with a uh, kind of like white chalk uh, in bold. And then you got the girl uh, raising her fist up. Uh, that usually means she wants you to rock or she wants you to uh, Roll. rise up. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, 16-year-old Brie wants to be one of the greatest rappers of all time, or at least with her first battle, or win her first battle. As the daughter of an underground hip-hop legend who died right before he hit it big, Brie's got massive shoes to fill. But it's hard to get your come up when you're labeled a hoodlum at school and your fridge at home is empty after your mom loses her job. So Brie pours her anger and frustration into her first song, which goes viral for all the wrong reasons. Uh-oh. That uh-oh was mine. I, that wasn't part of the song. You added the uh-oh. Yeah. I thought it kind the of uh-oh would have been in yeah. like brackets or something, yeah. just to let yeah. you know. Dot, dot, dot. Emphasis uh-oh. added. <laughs> Brie soon finds herself at the center of controversy, portrayed by the media as a mere menace than MC. But with eviction notice staring her family down, Brie doesn't want to make it. She has to, even if it means becoming the very thing the public has made her out to be. Insightful, unflinching, and full of heart, On the Come Up is an ode to hip-hop from one of the most influential literary voices of a generation. It is the story of fighting for your dreams, even as the odds are stacked against you, and how, especially for young black people, freedom of speech isn't always free. Uh, Back to Disney. Disney, their uh, buyout of Fox was official last week. They already closed down Fox 2000, which is the company that made uh, young adult movies like... uh, Love Simon, Fault in Our Stars, and The Hate You Give. Great. So, and they said they weren't going to do that, but they did it anyway. Huh? They said when we buy Fox, we're not going to close down things, so they did, and they like four thousand people lost their jobs. Wow. So that's the. Uh, but you know what? Now the the thing can show up in the Avengers with the uh, storm. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, it all makes sense. There you go, internet. All worth it. <sighs> I might have to kill somebody tonight. It could. Be, uh, sorry, I'm starting to read the book now. This is chapter one. <laughs> Uh, I might have to kill somebody tonight. It could be somebody <laughs> I, I know. I did think that was you just saying that. It could be somebody I know. It could be a stranger. It could be somebody who's never battled before. It could be somebody who's a pro at it. It doesn't matter how many punchlines or s- spit. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter how many punchlines they spit or how nice their flow is. I'll have to kill them. First, I got to get the call. To get the call, I got to get the hell out of Mrs. Murray's class. See, I can say that. Yeah. And we can still keep our clean rating. Yeah. What you did. I, it, was, <laughs> it snuck up on me. Some multiple choice questions take up most of my laptop. But the clock, though. The clock is everything. According to it, there are 10 minutes until 4.30. And according to Aunt Pooh, who knows that somebody who knows somebody, DJ Hype calls between 4.30 and 5.30. I swear if I miss him, I... Dot, dot, dot. Hmm. Ah, won't do stuff because Mrs. Murray's has my phone and Mrs. Murray's not one to play with. Hmm. I only see the top of her sister locks. The rest of her is hidden behind the Nikki Giovanni book. Occasionally, she goes, mm, as some line, the same way my grandma does during a sermon. Poetry's Miss Murray's religion. So I'll tell you one thing. The first chapter of The Hate You Give did not click with me at all. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then the book changes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but this is doing a much better job at getting me into it. So there you go. We're running out of time. Okay. So I just want to sure. put this book up here. All right. Nikki Giovanni's a poet, everyone. <laughs> so you can read some of that for next month, which is Poetry Month. All right. So which uh, which did you like here? Well, I added Dear Evan Hansen to my to-read list. You did? Yeah. You can read it. Yeah. Okay. I listened to the soundtrack. So yeah. Why not? Yeah. You're already there. But I thought you were the one who was like, I'll just go see the show. I will, but I don't know how. It's sold out everywhere. That's what I'm saying. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Oh, my gosh. This book is free. I know. You stated a premise <laughs> and then disproved it. And you had the boldness to do that. So <laughs> hats off to you. Good you guys sir. just saw my inconsistency and hypocr- hypocrisy just yeah. like yep. and all his, at once. And it's hippopotamus, folks. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Come on out here, Brambles. Yep. <laughs> Brambles, my hippo, my uh, 
No, Hippocratic, not Hippocratic. What am I trying to say? Hippocampus? No, I'm trying. He's he's hypocritical. Oh, hippo- Bramble's my hypocritical. <laughs> Bramble's I- my hip a critical hippopotamus. Wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> if you're curious, there is blood running out of Eric's ears right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I look like a psychic in a movie. All right, so blood these, out of my nose. <laughs> these and many more uh, new books are available for you here at the David A. Howe Public Library. You can request them from any library within our system or. Just go to a library somewhere. It doesn't have to be this one. It should be this one. Don't bully people. But you people. can go anywhere that you yeah. want. Okay? You didn't mean to sound like a bully. You guys, you should go to a library. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Pusher. Okay. Okay. You're like, you should. You better. You're right. All right. Uh, Coach well, is going to ream you if you don't go to a library. That's going to that's gonna do it for this week. Is there a library news you want to mention? Uh, what's today? The 26th? Sure is. Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening to this, it's too late to come to our sci-fi book club for Isaac Asimov's The Caves of Steel, but you have still time to pick up the new the next book which is Nick said Artemis by Andy Weir and then we'll meet next month for that uh, we're with sh- pizza yeah we're showing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse April 5th Academy Award winning Academy Award winning Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse at 3.30pm I just rewatched it last Wednesday still great maybe the best Spider-Man movie ooh um, and then Teen Nights every Wednesday uh, our teen photo show submissions start in about two weeks so if you're a teen or you know a teen who has photos and they want to submit it to the photo show Get ready. Let's get do it. get framing. Let's get it you gotta started. You got to frame. Oh, that's what I should that should have been the tagline. The teen ninth annual teen photo show, get framing. Well, you can say that cuz next year's the 10th. Next year's the 10th. So that's a big number. So yeah, that's this is the ninth annual. So that's a pretty good one. And then no, that's it. All right. The other book club Endless Winter is going to conclude uh, this session uh, focusing on Liam Moriarty with Big Little Lies. Cool. So you can discuss that with us. You pick up a copy here in the yeah. library. And then we're going to meet actually over at the Duke House right here on Main Street in Wellsville uh, on April 11th, I believe, to discuss that there and have some delicious Duke House uh, food and drinks. So I hope you can join us for that. That book club is going to take a pause for a while. We have a couple scheduled coming up, including an Around the World book club where we're going to focus on uh, authors, no, oh. authors from Mexico. So we're looking forward to that. Got that all stacked up. And the Sci-Fi Book Club, book club is going to continue as well. Next week, we are going to be talking about the uh, one and only Shazam, Shazam! With, with some special guest stars. So I hope you'll tune in for that. It's yeah. an interesting history of this character. Uh, so I think that's going to do it. Yes. All right. Uh, on behalf of ourselves and Mickey Mouse, we'll see you next week. Not not really on behalf of Mickey Mouse. They'll, they'll sue yet. us into the ground. Not yet. They'll, su- they'll sue us so deep into the ground our ghosts can't find us. Ooh. <laughs>